Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is Lynn Robinson. Now, I've been very excited to talk to Lynn because we've met before, um, talked about her books and her retreats. But today we're going to talk about a different side of Lynn. She's a spiritual and psychic medium and energy healer. So welcome, Lynn. Welcome to the show. Karen, thank you. Thank you for asking me. Well, you know, I know we've been talking for a while before the show because there's so much to talk about. I'm getting carried away. And even though this show should be half an hour, I've got a funny feeling we're going to go over slightly on time. (laughs) So it's so great to talk to you, Lynn. And this is something that I find really fascinating. And I know there's going to be people out there that may be a bit sceptical about mediums and psychics. But for me, hands on, I've had quite a few experiences and I was blown away by the knowledge. And um, so I am, I am a believer and I, of course, there must be somewhere for us all to go. So what's kind of your experience been, uh, Lynn, as a, as a medium and psychic? How do people, how do people take you when they first uh, meet you? Maybe, maybe people that are not coming for reading, but people that you just meet in life in general. Well, people that I meet just in general in life, I don't sort of broadcast who I am. No. I always believe that people come to me if they need me. Um, So I'm not, I I don't sort of like go on a night out with a group of girls and say, oh, I'm a medium. I just don't. I'm quite a private person and I'm not a a broadcaster, if you like. So if you're out, for example, I know when we when I sat down and you were saying, oh, I can, there's, some, um, there's some spirits behind you, and I felt all warm and fuzzy, a little bit frightened by it, I have to admit, but quite warm and fuzzy. But if you were out with friends or family members and you see maybe spirits around them, do you not want to say, oh, granddad's there or anything like that? Um, no, I get this funny feeling in my stomach and I just sort of zip. But are you, sometimes I will... Um, Sometimes if, the, if there's a really strong message and I'm out with people that I don't know, I will have a bit of a whisper in their ear and say, look, I'm, uh, I'm sensing this. And, and usually I wouldn't say, but, and then I will pass on a message. But most of the time, the most bizarre thing that happened to me was in a pub. I was having a meal with somebody and um, two friends and one, all of a sudden I started saying this name and I didn't know why. And we'd all had quite a few drinks. And, it, yeah. and the, the girl opposite, who I didn't know, so I was with my friend, who I didn't know this girl, so the girl I was with, she just was staring at me and I was saying this name, this name, this name, and, and um, apparently it was her, her grandfather, had, had, or her father, I can't remember now, had passed away, and he wanted to talk to her about her mum. Wow. Because there was a lot going on, and... And it was just bizarre. It was, but, but it doesn't usually. Doesn't I, usually work just, like that. I usually just get on with my life, <clears throat> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then. So let's go back to the start then, Lynn. So obviously you're, you're really good at what you do. I'm reading one of your books at the moment, Angels Around Us. And it's a beautiful book. I've not finished, finished it yet, I will admit. Um, but let's go back to your childhood because you don't just become 
um, a psychic or a medium, it's something that you're probably, I don't know if you're born with it, are you? But take me back to your younger years and how it all started and how you knew you had this, this power, this... So yeah, I think everybody, I think everybody, every single person on the planet has this ability. I just think that we've switched it off. We use our eyes and our ears and our yeah. sense of smell. Yeah. We don't use the other senses that we were born with. And it isn't it isn't as magical as, as people think it is, to be honest. It's just that I've always been tuned into my senses. Yeah. So as a child, um, I would see people in the bedroom. I would... Um, I'd feel people around me. I would know things I shouldn't have known. I used to get into trouble off my mum all the time because she thought I was telling tales. What sort of things? You mean as a child, a young child? How old are we talking? I just started school at five years old. And um, the teacher called my mum and she said, Lynn's hysterical crying. And she says her brother's going to die. And... Um, she said, you're going to have to come and get her because she's disrupting the whole class. And mum came and got me and she just couldn't get any sense out of me. And I kept, I was crying that my brother was going to die. He was going to die. And she said, this is ridiculous now. You've got to stop it. Go to your room. Of course, your mum would have no idea what was going on. God love her. But when I actually calmed down, I told her um, that something was something's going to happen and he's going to die, he's going to die. Anyway, his append he was in the Merchant Navy and his appendix burst on while he was on ship and he was rushed into China because um, they were on the outskirts of China and he was operating on emergency operation because he had peritonitis. Did he survive though? Oh yeah, he's oh gosh, but you 60. had that sign that something terrible was going to happen. So yeah, but as a five-year-old, how do you decipher that? You just think your brother's going to die. So lots of things like that used to happen to me, and I was very different to to other kids. Um, another night, I would see things in my room, and I would have the usual nightmares that other children have, um, but. I just knew there was something else around me. I would see things at the top of the stairs. I would feel things behind me. I was terrified. I'm not going to. I was going to say it must be quite, must have been frightening for you at such a young age. So at what point did you kind of, did it click and you thought, ah, okay, I can work with this. I can help people with this. How old were you? 24, I think. And my dad had just died at the age of 57. So he he had died and I was living in our family home and um, I saw him stood in the corner of the room and he asked me to promise to help look after mum because mum was going to need me over the next few years and there's four there was four of us but two my two sisters were heavily pregnant and my brother was away at sea um so and he came twice and it was absolutely bizarre and it wasn't wishful thinking people go do you think that was wishful thinking no it wasn't it was it was as clear as day and I know this Um, might sound like a deaf question but was he in was he a full figure dressed yeah yeah so he had clothes on it wasn't just like a shadow or a light it was definitely a figure with 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 it was my dad dressed in RAF uniform with his hat on it was absolutely, it was bizarre. And that was the first proper thing that came off that didn't scare me. And it was after that, I actually 
it was after that everything sort of blew up but I chose not to um not to be that person I didn't want to be that person and I pursued another another income another way of life but how could you ignore it because I know we were briefly speaking earlier weren't we and you were saying that you did get a lot of voices and how do you manage that how did you cope with the communication if we, if we can call it communication how did you deal with that at that age I struggled so young isn't it 24 mm. I struggled a lot because I was angry because they took my dad away and he was yeah. a he was a lovely dad he was a good man and I was angry yeah um and I struggled with it I didn't want to admit that there was anything up there I didn't want to admit that that the spirit world existed so they just chatted in my ear for for come on 20 20 years I think it was after that and I ignored them but I didn't get any sleep ever so when you say they chatted in your ear are we talking about your now guides no I think the voice random blinking wanted voices. to communicate with yeah. people living yeah yeah random voices it was it, I thought I was going nuts yeah um, well, I'm sure you would have done mm. so it must have been then you must have been into your 40s when you thought I'm going to address this now yeah and something substantial something huge happened in my life and my my son took poorly and I needed them I needed my guides. I needed I needed somebody to give me direction on how to help my son. And his father had passed away. So my husband, um, he died of cancer. And it hit my son very, very hard. And my son went into, a, into the deep, dark depths of hell with anxiety. And I, uh, of course, mum being a mum, you say I need help somebody help me and it was like this tidal wave of help just come in it was like they were going thank god for that she shut us out for 20 years and now she wants us and that's where then I was I was told I had to learn how to do Reiki and energy healing I remember reading that and Reiki was what really helped your son and he fought it to start with, didn't he? He didn't want it. Mm. And then he came to you and asked you to have it. Mm. He did. In the book, yeah. Yeah, he did. And he he was very, very poorly. He was under, you know, psychiatric help at that time and he was suicidal. And he, I was like desperate. I was a desperate person to try and help him. And I had to sit all my Reiki tubes, but what I didn't realize was it was to control my energy. And so my energy was so huge, I wasn't, it's like I wasn't focusing it. It was all so over was, the place. Sort it was of all over yeah, the place. Yeah, it was yeah. like scattiness. So to focus it, they, I had my Reiki tubes, they brought me into like a funnel of energy. So I started to give um, my son energy healing, Reiki healing. And we had the most profound experience doing it. And it's something he will never forget in his life. And he's the biggest skeptic, or he was until that day. Until then, yeah. Um, and uh, Reiki healing and energy healing saved his life. It's so fascinating, Lynn. So we're just going to take a short break now to give a shout out to my sponsors. And we're back in a few minutes time to continue talking about 
everything you do and about Reiki as well. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. So welcome back where we're talking to spiritual and psychic medium and energy healer, Lynn Robinson. So we were just talking about your son, Lynn, weren't we, when you uh, you healed him with Reiki. So does he continue to have Reiki or is it something you have to keep on having or has he not had treatment since? Well he it was a it was nothing more than a miracle what happened after after that experience we had that evening in the room and he he visually saw the the biggest angel stood in the corner of the room I saw it the noise in the room was bizarre it was like something off a movie and any skeptics out there would say oh what a crock yeah I can imagine I know I know what you mean but it was profound it was just unbelievable and he it it knocked me for six I was really poorly for 48 hours afterwards it was as if they had said right okay Lynn take take a deep breath because we're going to give this to you and it was like I'd sucked it out of him and um but because I'm a strong person I dealt with it over 48 hours yeah, because in the book, I remember reading, you were quite ill, weren't you? You took, like, mm-hmm. like I say, you took all his pain, mm-hmm. almost, didn't you? But then his life, he'd been, what happened said was, he'd been in his bedroom for four and a half years. His dad died when he was 17 and he was 21 now. Four and a half years later, he, he had this amazing treatment and all of a sudden he wanted to live and he he wanted to join the gym and he wanted to learn to drive and he passed his driving test first time he joined the gym he joined roller derby he found a girlfriend after being in prison for all that time a life began to be amazing um but unfortunately there was a another another thing that sort of knocked him off his off his road and that was the passing of my mum in 2018 so did you feel the whole process was starting again sort of thing yeah he's yeah. he obviously doesn't cope with yeah. with losing somebody and he crashed completely crashed and um he took to his room again 
and we're just working. It's, it's taken me two years now to to try and he won't even get on this table. I think he he is so upset with the world because they've took two people that were so precious to him. Yeah. That um, so he's now starting to to recover. He's, he's starting to have his energy healings again and he's starting to to want to get back out into the world. But then COVID happened. Oh, it's COVID. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear he's on the mend. But while we're talking about Reiki let's just expand on that because I, I've obviously I know Reiki healers but they're not like you so is there a difference can people really call themselves a Reiki healer unless they've got the lovely healing powers that you've got it's not me you know I'm just a channel like there's nothing special about Lynn at all the difference between me and there's thousands and thousands of Reiki healers now out there some of them get attuned because they want to start a business some of them get attuned because they really fancy the thought of the energy some of them get attuned because they're a desperate mum who thinks their son's gonna die so if it wasn't for that moment with your son you might not be doing what you're doing now exactly so all these things do happen for a reason no matter how painful that was for us at that time yeah. I've now helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I've got over 2,000 telephone numbers in my phone. Wow. People have come here, miracles have happened, but it's not me. I'm just the same as anybody else walking around, proper scatty most of the time. But when I call somebody, when I call in, whoever comes in, whether it be the angels or Reiki masters, it's hard to be a sceptic, and I've had many of them, when you're lying on this bed and you're experiencing what it is, that's the, the energy that's coming in. We're surrounded by energy. That's who we are. I think people don't believe because they've never experienced it. So what is Reiki then? What do you do to a client that comes for Reiki? How does it work? <laughs> Reiki, you're, you're attuned with many symbols um, from uh, Dr. Yusui was the founder of Reiki. So we've, we've all been attuned with symbols in our palms and in our crowns. And when we call on these symbols, these, you feel the energy come forward from your hands. And we know if you look back to the ancient, um, even Egyptians, let's just take them or the Tibetans or... Um, I don't know, any other culture that use symbols, that have drawn symbols on the walls, that have, the Egyptians were really big at it. They would, they would call forward those symbols as a form of energy. So we're going back thousands of years ago. Mm. Um, so now we are still using that same energy. So we call upon it to, and we use that to, um, to, to channel through the person that we're, we're treating. It's mostly mental health. Absolutely, it's a, it's it's amazing mental health. I don't know anyone that's been here that has been helped by it. I don't. I just don't. And how many treatments do they require? Do you think for, say, somebody? Well, obviously, like you, your son, the first time round when he wasn't well, how many treatments did he have of Reiki? I think he had about five, um, and he kept saying. Well, I didn't even feel anything. I don't know what that was, Mum. I didn't even feel nothing. But I did. You not, did. <laughs> like, not me for six. Yeah. But what he did was start recovering. Yeah. 
It's amazing. So it, it differs. Some people might need one treatment. Some people might need 10 treatments. It, every person is different. Yeah. And I never say to somebody, do you want to book in again? I always say, you, you text me when you're ready to come back. And they know they're going to return. You know they're going to return, don't mm-hmm. you? That's, that's beautiful. So, of course, that was a turning point for you of thinking, right, you know, you've got this, this healing energy, not just with Reiki, but you've got these, um, whether they're guides or voices, wanted to connect with, with the living. So what did you do then? What happened then? When did you start seeing clients? And how did you sort everything out, all these voices trying to get through? What, what, what did you do? Well, after what happened with my son, I thought, oh my goodness, how many people out there have got mental health problems? How many people can I help? So I started helping people. Um, I started doing it pro bono, if you like. I never charged. I I was like, oh my goodness, I can help. I can help. Pushing my energy out there, grabbing people in to try and help as many as I can. But what I didn't realise is that was dragging me under. Because... I was I was working flat out. It's like how many people would go to work all day for nothing? I've had many people say to me, "Well, if you've got this gift, you shouldn't charge for it. You should give it for free." Well, yeah, you're going to be worn out, aren't you? For one, it's, but it's not just that. <laughs> would you go and do a, a, a five-day week exactly. for nothing? Yeah. So it's it started to become. It was a bit difficult for me because I really wanted to give this energy for free. Yeah. Um, so then I started thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to, to work this out? Why should people who are sick pay for this? And then um, uh, a lady came to see me who was a um, journalist as well. She did newspaper. I think, I'm sure she, um, I think she was the Echo, but I can't remember. She came to me and she said to me, but your work is priceless. It is. She said, she said, if you have got an illness and you can't find any peace with it or can't find help with your mental health problems or anything else she said you know what is that worth to you to be put in the hands of somebody that can give you that peace that can help you so she made me think about myself differently yeah and you know it was like she was heaven sent because I only ever saw her once she came this day floated in floated out and I never saw her again do you, have, do you ever have patients that maybe are terminally ill, but they want to speak to their family members on the other side, if you, if you call it the other side? Yes. Because they, they, they're frightened of it, but they want some reassurance that they're going to be there waiting for them kind of thing. Yes, I do. Um, and I always say when people come to me for a, a mediumship reading, I never I, I always take just a first name and a phone number so I can contact them and say, are you still coming to your appointment? Never take anything else. I ask people not to give anything away so that what they give, they trust. Yeah. Um, and I don't have what's known as clear audience. So I don't hear voices when I say I hear it's like me screaming at myself. It's the most bizarre thing. Really? I, I need to be in a straight jacket, never mind anybody else. <laughs> so, so I don't hear these voices like you and I talking. It hits me here. It literally hits me in my solar plexus. And it's as if I, I am that person and I know how they feel. So I, I pass messages on that way, but I can... I would say 99% of the time, I can tell you what that person's personality was like, what they passed away with, what aches and pains they had during their life. You know, 
um, it, it, it's a bizarre, it, it is a bizarre gift, if that's what you want to call yeah. it. Um, so, so when people come, I always say, don't, don't tell me. And I've had, at the end of my first book, there's a chapter that, my first book is called A Light to Guide Us Home. And the last chapter of that book is just mind blowing. And it was a client who was very, very poorly. And she came to me and her, her, um, her family came through to talk to her to say, it's okay. It's okay over here. And don't be afraid to die because we're waiting for you. And that would make her, her last days on this planet so much more bearable, wouldn't it? And but, maybe not enjoyable, but she'd be able to say goodbye to her current family, knowing that she was going. Exactly, to and she was very, and she was very young. She was only in her thirties, I, I reckon. I'm not very good with age, but when she died, I was sitting on the patio looking out at the fields, and she came back to me and said, "Thank you." Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Talk, so that was a light to guide us home. So the book I've got is that your first one, "Angels Around Us." No, Light to Guide Us Home is my first one, and that was my life story and why I became, became who I am. Yeah, and then you've got Angels Around Us, Messages from Heaven, and then The Forgotten. What's The Forgotten about? The Forgotten is about special children who... Have, see, I don't like labels. I don't like children to be labelled with autism and ADHD and all this, um, because I feel that children are very connected to spirit, very connected yeah, like, to like animals aren't they they can be yeah. kind of in tune that way very connected to to you know there's different religions out there um there's different people's different beliefs and this isn't about religion it's about belief no matter what your belief is whether your belief is god or jesus or or an energy that went boom and created us no matter what that is um children are very connected when they first come to us and that's why babies always look dead bright and and starry-eyed and they'll look at things so I forgot what you asked me <laughs> the forgotten the book the forgotten, <laughs> forgotten what you asked forgotten <laughs> you're allowed you're allowed so that book for, I felt it was very special for children that have been given these labels and I wanted to explain who these children are and why they are that way, why they are so special, why mental health is so big in children. Um, and the forgotten was sort of, um, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a, a, a raw subject because we've got a few sort of children in the family that uh, are labelled with autism, if you want to yeah. call it that. Yeah. And, I felt that it was something that needed to be said and I was told that if I wrote that book that many parents would come forward and find comfort with it and it, they have they have that's wonderful what I did want to ask you just moving on from the books for a second was have you ever had experience with negative spirits like with uh, anyone getting angry with you because you couldn't help them you mean a negative spirit as in people that have passed over? Yeah. People that have passed over are usually quite beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple that have been sort of a bit pushy because uh, they, they tend to shout at you. But if you haven't got clear audience, how are you supposed to hear it? So they need to be calm so you can pick up that energy 
elsewhere. So I've had it a couple of times where it's been quite comical and and, and I'm like, right, okay, let's put a pause Hang on. on a minute, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I've also had um earthbound spirits as well that knew I could sense they were there. And that was scared the life out of me. So just to expand on that, earthbound spirits, did you say? Yeah, sometimes if people are brought up without a belief of there is a heaven, if we want to call it that, um, or there is, you know, somewhere else that we go or an afterlife. If you're brought up and told that it's a load of rubbish and on no circumstances, when you're dead, you're dead. Sometimes if you die of something like Alzheimer's or something like that and you can't, you're, you're obviously your brain is in a state of loss anyway yeah if you pass over quite quickly or rather not pass over if you die quite quickly your spirit remains here on earth instead of being light and shooting off what forever or temporarily until somebody like me bumps into them and (laughs) and you can help those people as well yeah helps them to move over move move away from from this and they become heavier and heavier and these are what people call ghosts so ghosts are quite heavy and menacing if you like so you might see a, a, a shadow or because you they're might... torn between two worlds though aren't they absolutely. So they're at odds with themselves anyway so they're taking it out on you aren't they it must be mm-hmm. quite harrowing for them as well but now we talked, didn't we, about possibly doing a reading on me. And I don't know if I've got the courage. I don't know if anyone's come to you. And I know I've mentioned earlier, you said that I had some, you could see something around me. Is there anything that you can see? Well, below? what I saw earlier was, to me, it was a white feather. I saw a white feather coming down past past the right-hand side of your body where the, I can see the door on the, on the Zoom. And it came down from there, but straight after that, I felt there was a male's face behind you in the door, and then it disappeared. And then I mentioned it to you and told you to press record, didn't I? Yes. And when I did that, it disappeared. I felt like it was a male energy. Um, now, I feel as if that male has some sort of heart problems or or, or so some sort of like heart failure or, or heart problems but it was like this face just went poof and then went back in it was quite bizarre and I felt it was on the father link so father grandfather um so they would have been right they would have struggled with their breath you know have you ever seen anyone with heart failure yes I have and um all I can think on the top of my head, because obviously my, 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 like you, my father died when he was 57, but his, his brother, my uncle, we weren't close at all, not at all, but he had a heart attack, um, but it was obviously quick. So that I can't think of, of anyone else that might be, but the, um... it was as if um, it was like somebody, it was like they made me take a really deep breath, but I got this pain across my chest. What did your father pass away with? Well, my father passed away of pancreatic cancer, but when you said on my dad's side, but my fa- my father-in-law, he died of CPD, uh, COPD. Uh, so it that's could have been... That's it, on, my, on, on my husband's side, not on... Not it on could have side. been... I felt like I, I wanted to take a really sharp intake of breath, but I was taken to my chest. So I yeah. I feel like it was something to do with my heart. Yeah. Um. But Lynn, I could talk to you all day, but the time's running out. So we're going to have to bring it to a close. It's been lovely talking to you today. I think you, you do such beautiful things for people and a wonderful healer. I'm loving reading your book. I'm three quarters of the way through and I'd love to read some others as well. So we'll have to sort that out. But I wish you all the best with everything you're doing. All the best with your retreats. 
and I'm sure our paths will cross again soon. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fabulous. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor Danebank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts or send me an email, karenenderkelly at btinternet.com.